0: And that was actually quite good. It was quite, uh, working out what colors people are. And then it's, it's. Kat said it's actually very useful for once you've worked out what color someone is, how to get them to do a task. You know, they won't respond well to this, but if you approach it this way with them, you'll actually get somewhere. And yeah, for it, it, it actually works. It
1: no, actually right works. Shit. Would you believe? Yeah. What What would you do if you were brown, though? <laughs> no, there is no brown. You're a, you're a brown. There is Gav, no brown. Gav
2: Brown. He's not on the. <laughs>
1: so so, so, but whatever turned out that i was a little bit of red a little bit of yellow and a little bit of blue that happens i mean normally you were were to be
3: back to being brown yeah
4: (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, so, sorry, Dave. Dave's like, that t- sounds like a genuinely interesting thing here. And I'm just like, yeah. I want to look like. I want to Poe. be I want to be ho 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 everyone and welcome to another festive edition of films on trial i'm gav i'm
2: alex i'm
1: joel i'm dave and i'm austin and this week we are continuing our festive themed month as we put the 2022 comedy action film Final at night on trial is it naughty or is it nice <laughs> it's Can't it be both. <laughs> uh, will it be receiving a lump of coal Or will it be getting, uh, I don't know what kids like these days, 20 quid. (laughs) (laughs) Essentially, we're going to find out if this will be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list. So let's find out. But before we do, let's talk about our last trial, which was the 2022 comedy musical Spirited, which Alex judged and deemed should be placed on the shit list. However, everybody else on the podcast seemed to really like, so Alex... I, I recall
0: Joel didn't care for it. Now, but...
1: <laughs> he liked it. <laughs> Even if he said he didn't, his eyes said yes. Now, Alex has since gone away and watched the film. Did he make the right call? Yes or no, Alex?
2: Uh, I'm going to say I can understand what you guys, you know, you guys all enjoyed it, you know, and and I think, you know, I believe you that you did enjoy it. But I also know that it's not a good film. So I think you're all wrong. (laughs) I did the right thing.
1: Okay, right. Well, thank you very much, Alex. And what was your worst bit about it? What did you...
2: Uh, it's hard to say Will Ferrell I'd guess just his performance was was shocking so yeah I'd, I'd say the 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 musical part of the musical was was the bit that let it down and that's that's key isn't it
0: <laughs> did you not uh, like the uh, twist at the end though
2: it was a hell of a twist what where we found Will Ferrell was Ebenezer Scrooge that twist no that's that's was that another twist through.
0: I'm talking about the twist at the end <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's an absolute corker.
0: Yeah, that one. (laughs) On to Violent Night.
2: (laughs) Let's not spoil it for the audience, though. Oh, indeed. And (laughs) let's move on.
1: Thank you very much, Alex. Now onto the trial itself. All of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So I'm going to be uh, likening everybody to Christmas films. Um, I may have overstepped the mark on a few of these, but <laughs> <laughs>
4: <Not like you. laughs> oh, you,
1: Brilliant. it is Christmas. So um, acting as defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list is Dave, who is just like the Grinch. A hairy killjoy who spends his christmas pantless terrorizing his poor neighbors <laughs> <laughs> joining dave will be me and i am just like love actually truly terrible <laughs> 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 truly fucking terrible <laughs> and acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on this shit list is alex and alex is, is gonna just... be like harry omar from home alone <laughs>
2: It's not going to be Marv, is it?
1: (laughs) No. And Alex is just like Trading Places. He talks like an upper crust executive, but he dresses like a down and out hustler.
2: (laughs) I'm glad that's the bit you picked out of Trading
1: Places. (laughs) And joining Alex is Joel. And Joel is just like Gremlins. He looks fuzzy and cute, but he's really a sadist who never washes. (laughs) (laughs) now just like real court advocates the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles these may or may not be their real opinions though so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear their genuine thoughts and in the role of judge who has to decide which list this film should be placed on hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to them is aussie who is just like edward scissorhands his fashion sense is part tim burton part (laughs) snm Now, before we actually go on to the trial, I think it's time to give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So let us spin the wheel of impressions. Okay, so here we uh, read out the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week, it has landed on the question mark, which means that the judge decides who should do the impression. So Ozzy, who would you like to pick? Well, I think who did last who did last week's
3: one it was me okay so alex i'm gonna I'm gonna make your sure your uh exempt because I think you haven't done it you know who hasn't done one in a while the ghost of Christmas. Present, Joel, <laughs> <laughs>
1: thanks, <laughs> thanks, Aussie, for not reading out what Joel's name actually is. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, Joel, I've, I've not heard your voice in ages. Properly, can I? Uh, I'd love to hear you do
1: this. So, uh, how would we like Joel to read out the synopsis then? A ha- happy Santa voice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Regular, regular Santa voice.
5: I always wonder, like, because I have my window open even in the cold what people outside must think sometimes <laughs> <laughs> they're going wa- to walk the water
0: past now and they're going to be like oh my god Santa Santa's in Joel <laughs> Santa, is, is he on Pornhub <laughs>
5: <laughs> right, here we go uh, it's good practice I suppose because Sunday I'll have to dress up as Santa I right, just know it.
1: you're halfway there you've already got the beard and you're wearing red <laughs> <laughs> ho
5: ho ho when a group of mercenaries attack the estate of a wealthy family, Santa Claus must step in and save the day
2: brilliant, brilliant. you ready you ready
1: mate uh, so see. So, oh. would you like to please kick off the <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: yeah, please do, um, could somebody give me obviously I know it, it's clearly about Christmas of some sort, it's on the Christmas list so um can somebody from the defense please just give me a, a rundown and, and why this film is, is, is so good?
1: Yeah, certainly I will do, most esteemed judge. So, Violet at Night starts off with a pretty depressed looking Santa getting pissed and talking about how he's become disillusioned with Christmas. Imagine just looking at Joel now and that's pretty much what <laughs> Santa looked like at the beginning of the film. Now, <laughs> he may be full of Christmas magic, but is he losing his Christmas spirit? that's what we're going to find out. We are then introduced to Jason Lightstone, golden child of the Lightstone family, an incredibly wealthy but morally corrupt American dynasty. Maybe like I'm not saying this, but somebody could say just like the Trump family. Um he is trying to rekindle his relationship with his estranged wife Linda and their daughter Trudy as they are traveling to their family's mansion to celebrate Christmas. Now, Santa visits the mansion to deposit some gifts, but drunkenly passes out in a massage chair. This happens just as the mansion is being seized by terrorists who are looking for $300 million that has been given to the Lightstone Company to funnel oil into the Middle East, but was stolen by Gertrude, the family matriarch. Now it's up to Santa to save Trudy, her family, and rekindle his own Christmas spirit. Now the terrorists better watch out because he's making a list. A kill list. <laughs> now, uh, what, what I would say is this film was directed by Tommy Werkola um, or Tommy Werkola, who you may know as the director of the Nazi zombie comedy Dead Snow, <laughs> but who ah, more that, that classic. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is in some circles. In my circles. <laughs> It's just you. (laughs) Just me. Just me and the cats. (laughs) Well, more recently, you did make the excellent black comedy film *The Trip*, which is on Netflix, and I'd highly recommend it. And it's written by Pat Casey and Josh Miller, the writing duo behind the successful *Sonic the Hedgehog* franchise. Now, we've talked about the Ron Seal factor before in films. The AKA it does exactly what it says in the tin. This film is absolutely everything you thought and hoped that it would be and I sincerely doubt that there are many people who are coming out of the cinemas feeling like they've been shortchanged in any way. It's exciting, it's funny, and it's explosive. There are some great action set pieces and some fantastic fight choreography. The comedy is on point with a very funny script delivered by some very good supporting actors and some truly memorable comedy set pieces one massive highlight for me would be the very very graphic and very violent homage to home alone which happens towards the end of the film but maybe the biggest positive of all is the wonderful funny and heavy hitting performance of santa by the fantastic david harbour who actually delivers a much more nuanced performance than you'd expect, and one that adds real heart to the film?
3: Is that the guy from Stranger Things? Is it is him? the guy from Stranger <laughs>
1: Things. They make a bit of a joke uh, when the terrorists see him later on. They liken him to like a police cop who spends his time hanging around with five uh, young children. <laughs> okay.
3: Well, there you go. That, that, you know that sounds like a pretty, pretty straightforward hit. If we're honest, it's- good film action film christmas christmas themed action hit you know almost as good as um what was the one we did last year that was on Disney?
1: Christmas, oh, Chronicles, Christmas Chronicles 2 mm. Ozzy, yeah, yeah. why are you doing this man? <laughs> 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 it, is <like> <laughs> like that, it is not like Christmas Chronicles 2 <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much you got it. So I I my mind like, works, so it Ozzy but it has literally tanked the film as the judge <laughs> 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 Ozzy, it's, it's essentially like being in a proper trial and Ozzy is the judge being like you look just like a murderer that I convicted last week
0: <laughs> <laughs> You look a little like Ted Bundy does anyone ever
3: talking? About this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, on uh, on a serious note though, like that that does sound like a pretty reasonable film and it sounds like a high budget action, you know, action romp, little shoot 'em up in the vein of a Die Hard or a Christmas Chronicles, but something which you can get behind. Why why is that not the
2: case? Please, Alex. Okay. So the thing about like a good action film like Die Hard or, you know, Christmas Chronicles too, is that it does have like it does have a good story behind it. So, you know, you've got all of these action set pieces with John McClane shooting up things and people, but you know about the basic, you know, a very simple basic plot behind it, which is, you know, that the, the, the McClanes aren't together anymore and they're trying to get back together. And that sort of knits the film together. And that's where I'd say like Violent Night, you know, it does have these action set pieces, but all the things that try and knit it together aren't very well done, I wouldn't say. You've got these, you've got quite a few stories as well. So you've got the... um dad this Jason Lighthouse whose family is sort of broken apart he's trying to bring them together and the first time you meet the dad he's this really excited guy who just wants to enjoy Christmas and then he sort of stops that and then he's but at the family and then all of a sudden he's sort of in this inter-family dispute like a very much of a Trump family trying to work out you know trying to you know avoid the sharks and get what he needs and reunite with his wife you've got John Leguizamo who's the main terrorist He's sort of, you know, I'm not saying that it's not there, but it's just, it's just not very well fleshed out. It's, it's not a, not a firm foundation for the film to really launch off, and that does mean that some of the jokes don't land sometimes. Some of the stuff isn't as funny because it's just a little, it's just a little bit muddled, you know. Even Santa's Christmas spirit that he's lost, it, it's a bit. You don't really see when he gets it back or why he gets it back. It's not, it's not as clear as it needs to be. It's it. Gav is saying it's a very simple and straightforward film and I'd actually say if it was it would have been better but it gets muddled up with these things that it doesn't really resolve. So I, I, I just thought as I was watching it I was like why are they trying to push this? Why, don't, why, why are they trying to make it important that these two characters they, they fall in love again at the end? It doesn't really seem necessary to the film. We've got Santa's not Santa anymore he doesn't want to be you know he's he sort of lost faith in Christmas. Why are you throwing this sort of Trump family politics at me? Why are you throwing the relationship between the dad and his daughter, the relationship between the dad and his estranged wife? And why are you throwing John Leguizamo, who doesn't like Christmas? It, it all just seems a little bit muddled and unnecessary and gets in the way of what would have been fun action comedy. Um, and another thing, just one more point Gav sort of touched on, and I'm sure we'll go into it in a little in uh, in more detail, is that Gav said that the action set pieces were, were were absolutely fantastic, and he especially said that the choreography was great. And I would have to disagree that the choreography—I did not think the choreography was fantastic in this. There's a lot of shots where I can see Gav, Gav is already getting—he's <laughs> he's getting riled up, I can see, <laughs> but. Like, there's a lot of times when Santa's having a fight with people, and I'm not expecting David Harbour to be like, you know, Keanu Reeves and getting into the choreography like that. You know, you're not, I'm not expecting Santa to be be doing that. But there's some of the shots are in the dark, it's quite dark when they're happening, and also sometimes the camera's quite close to the body, so you can't really see what's happening. And I just thought for a film that is an action film, I thought it was disappointing they didn't like really nail those action sequences. And I felt everything that the action was founded upon the sort of story that keeps you going throughout between the action films I thought that was a little muddled and not as strong as it needed to be
3: okay well heavy on the action too light on the story not enough fleshing out of characters and motivations
0: um, what 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 do we say to that in defense Dave uh, I have to disagree. I firmly believe that the action sequences are sensational in this film. It's not an action sequence insofar as you know you got this huge John Wick style fight, but more like more like Die Hard, where it's just one guy matched against another. It's not as flashy or as showy as some modern day action films, but I like that. I'm thinking in particular of one scene in the the basement of the of the of the of the house where Santa comes across one of the one of the thieves, terrorists, whatever you want to call them. And you know he gets thrown over a pool table, and then he like hits the the, the bad guy with like a sock filled. With, I think it's a st- Christmas stocking filled with pool balls. They then like, hits him around the face, with, and then tries to roll over the pool table, but can't. He's because he's 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 a big unit. This guy, so he's like trying to roll over it, and he can't quite do it. He just has to, like clamber over the table to to carry on fighting. You know, this guy isn't a natural action star, and it makes sense. He's Santa. But then as the film progresses, it turns out that he does have a bit of a background, which we'll get into later. This isn't your average Santa. And he does turn into this this kind of like army of one, this absolute badass Santa. And he doesn't want to be the badass Santa. You know, he's trying to avoid a fight. When he first gets cornered by someone, he's like, look, I'm just going to go take off up that chimney and leave you guys to whatever the hell's going on here. He's trying to get out of there and carry on with his evening. He's got presents to get rid of. But it's this little girl. It's uh, it's Jason's little girl, Trudy, who he realizes is on the nice list. It's a genuinely sweet kid. A lot of these kids come across as annoying in these films. At no point does she. She's genuinely a sweet kid and genuinely a, a delight to watch on screen. And he feels sorry for her because she's caught by these terrorists and he tries to help her. That's why Santa stays. This real heart, and especially from a guy who, as Gav says, is getting drunk at the start of the film, you know, he's like saying, Oh, yeah, the look on kids' faces lasts about two seconds and then it's over. You know, it's like, and this guy's falling out of love with Christmas. He doesn't want to be Santa anymore, but this little girl changes his mind. And that's why he stays and tries to take on the, these terrorists as like an army of one. The action set pieces are superb, really well filmed, and funny as well. Uh, so it's really hard to, to get comedy into these things, especially when it is quite brutal in places. You know, you've got someone, like say said, the, the stocking full of pool balls, someone getting their hand wrapped with that. It's like, that's got to hurt. And ultimately, that guy gets dispatched by a Christmas star jammed into his eye, which he survives, and he comes back at Santa with then Santa flicks on the switch, and the guy gets electrocuted because it's wired up to the mains. And it's just like these inventive ways of killing, which you only Santa could come up with. I don't want to give the game away on this one because to see it is something to behold but John Leguizamo's death at the end is honestly, it's the only, the kind of kill that a movie with Santa in could get away with. And, yet, <laughs> and I never would have imagined it in a million years. And I've seen multiple action films. I've seen a lot of imaginative like death scenes and kill scenes in action films, you know, some more satisfying than the others. And this one is so original and imaginative. I genuinely sat there with a big smile on my face. Just like, what a face. wow. Wow. Well, I could hear the cinema around me, like laughing, and just like <laughs> that is that is something in terms of originality. This this has got it in action sequences, and kills. As an action film, this is one of the best of the year. That is high praise indeed. And I'm looking down
3: at you now, Joel, to uh, to shoot some of that back. You're you're a big action action fan. You love an explosion. Love uh you know if if anyone, if I was going to go to to anyone to say, is this you know, is this is this action packed? Is this a, you know, you love your Marvel and all of the the set pieces? If there's anyone to be a bit of a connoisseur? If that would be you, and and why why is this not as great as Dave's saying?
5: Well. You know what is also a really unique kind of death scene is in poultrygeist when someone like I can't remember if they like shit themselves inside out or something. But <laughs> you remember, Joel? You remember? Don't he doesn't die. <laughs> a unique kind of death scene. You know, it doesn't really mean anything. But a phrase that Gav uses fairly often on this podcast is having your cake and eating it, and I think that's what this film like tries to do. Like majorly, it tries to like mix like comedy action. And then Dave mentioned about the, um, you know, the kids and how we kind of bring Santa back into, you know, loving Christmas and that type of thing. So it even tries to bring in, you know, a little bit of heart and sentimentality to it. And when you actually watch this film, like you, those three things just don't mix. Um, you know, it's like Die Hard. You kind of get behind John McLean, but the comedy isn't really like, you know, laugh out loud. It's more like kind of lighthearted, you know, little whips and things like that and here like they're trying to actually make you laugh and that type of thing and i just don't think you know it all ties in together very much and also you know going on the action dave mentioned that some of it is quite visceral and, and it is i think if i remember like one guy gets decapitated or something uh, another guy gets like his fingers smashed like dave said and i think what some of them even like lose fingers or something um but i just i, I wasn't like you know really expecting it to be that bad for a christmas film when i seen that bad i mean like that kind of violence i know it's called violent night but like you know it's at the end of the day they are marketing it as a christmas film more of like an action orientated christmas film it i feel as though it should have been like maybe a little bit more christmas or just full-on action or that. i think i just feel like as i say that whole phrase of having your cake and eating it i feel like that's what they've tried to do here and they've just tried to blend you know, too much of it together. I was a little bit surprised at kind of how over the top it was, I think, especially when they are trying to push, you know, that Christmas sentimentality message. It's a little bit difficult to do that when somebody's just been decapitated. So like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just a little bit kind of confused, I think.
3: Gav, if there's one thing I like, it is cake. Both, both looking at it and eating it, and this, this is doing both, apparently. But, um, but, you know, in all honesty, though, you had your hand up there pretty early on through Joel's argument. Uh, watch, your, watch your comeback.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, this film bakes the cake, smashes it up, and then <laughs> forms it into... Here comes the shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would say that like one phrase that Joel often uses on the podcast is, I'm wrong. And once again, he's wrong about this. Um, now, I, I, firstly, can I just talk about the action? I think that both Alex and Joel are massively wrong about the action. One of my biggest gripes, and something that I mentioned on this podcast quite a bit, is poorly filmed action scenes. Uh, the shaky cam, the whole sort of moving too close, the n- numerous cuts... What I like about action films these days is that they seem to be moving away from that, and that seems to be more directors working quite closely with or giving freer reign to their stunt performers and choreographers, or in some cases, those stunt performers actually direct and write the films themselves. In Violent Night, the stunt choreography was done by the award winning Jonathan Eusebio, who has done stunt coordination for John Wick three. Deadpool 2, Black Panther and he's also done fight coordination for John Wick 2 and Fast and the Furious 8. This guy fucking knows his onions. <laughs> and you can tell these stars saying you never heard of that? This is, guy, yeah, this guy knows his onions. Basically, imagine somebody. You've got to
2: remember, yeah. onions are very scary things, again <laughs> 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 like,
5: well. like, ima- I, I could maybe get behind that saying a bit more if it was something a bit more obscure. But like brown onion, red onion, shallot, spring, spring um, onion, spring onion, salad <laughs> onions. This guy knows his four different types of onions.
4: <laughs>
1: Imagine, imagine going into a green grocer and the guy knowing, you know, the potato onions, uh, <laughs> or the ones, you know, like. I say we've gone on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Let's get it. Let's but, yeah. Order, order, order. Bring me back on this, right? <laughs> so the action, the action. We've got a clear contrasting. Yeah. What's going on here is that some, some, some of us are saying, the action is fantastic. It's refreshing and it's and it's got humour with it, even though it's super gory. And then on the on the 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 flip side is that yes there's action but it's not very well choreographed and it's it's detracting from from the story the the and and the lack of choreography just means that it feels a little bit clunky it's
1: it's it's insanely well choreographed you can tell watching these fight sequences that they have been meticulously planned out and where possible they've used as much of the actors as they can and it really adds to the impact and the believability like dave mentioned before he's got a favorite fight sequence i guarantee you you go into this film and you'll come out with a favorite fight sequence and it probably won't be the same as everybody else there's so many great ones my favorite one is is santa's first fight with one of the terrorists which is basically just david harbour and a very talented stunt performer called fong yang just beating the living piss out of each other in one really long, uninterrupted take that goes on for about three minutes. And I was watching it and I kept on expecting the camera to cut away or for there to be a cut or there to be like a noticeable hidden cut where they could, you know, put two scenes yeah, together. Yeah, like
3: fly past something, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, but that just didn't happen. It was just like one big, well-choreographed fight it added so much grittiness and realism to the fight, and it made it so much more entertaining because you could see both these guys just going hell for leverage at each other. But there were just so many amazing fight sequences. There's one that Dave mentioned before. There's one where Santa defeats a, a dozen henchmen in the shed using a hammer, ice skates, and a lawnmower. There's the final fight sequence that Dave alluded to before with John Leguizamo. Uh, 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 yeah, I won't spoil it for you. It needs to be seen to be believed. If you want heart-pounding action scenes that will leave you amazed and even sickened, then Violet Knight has them in spades, or or should that be has them in hammers?
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> very nice, Alex. Uh, you had your finger on so, uh, You know the the, there's a few there's a few set pieces in there you know i'd say the fight with the you know with that the first stunt guy is good but gav said the fight in the shed and that's where i'm gonna have to disagree i didn't think the fight in the shed was very good at all that's what i'm talking about when it's talking about the dark and it's too close and you don't really see what's going on i don't know why they didn't just put some lights on in the shed but i'm guessing it's because the choreography wasn't up to scratch i don't know maybe david at that point was getting tired i could understand it you know it'd been a hard few you know it'd be he's done a lot of action by that point but you know he's got a hammer at that point and yeah you know he's getting ice skates or something but i just felt like i couldn't really see what was going on and it's quite a lot and really that i think that is a key action sequence because you're building up santa doesn't really know what he's doing he's sort of you know, he's sort of just thrown into fight sequences more, but that's the point when he picks up his hammer and it's, you know, this is it's time for Saint Nick to really, you know, you think, whoa, here we go, this is the one where he gets it, he's got all of these guys coming at him, how is he going to get out of it? And I just think it's disappointing It's the kind of the big action set piece, and it was a little action afterwards to sort of finish off the film a little bit, but this is the bit where he really takes them down. And it was just basically, I mean, you've got like And I know we're not meant to be taken. It's Santa with a hammer. So I'm not trying to look at this logically, do you know what I mean? But you can't help, your brain just can't help. It's quite a small barn and there's about like 30 guys with fucking assault rifles going in, yeah? And you just think, how is Santa hiding? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Santa keeps coming out of the background and smashing people with a hammer. And after a little while you're like, no, they would see Santa. I don't see how he just keeps popping out of these shadows. It's not a small barn, it's quite
1: big quite a big barn but it's
2: it's it's a it's a medium barn I'll, I'll i'll compromise with Gab on this one. it's a medium bond. i just think you definitely see david harbour in a santa suit quite easily especially if you were you know military but obviously i know it's not you know it's not trying to follow the rules of reality i just thought as a as a big building up to it fight scene i thought that if that's the payoff that that sort of ruined it just ruined the film and you know the choreography in the other scenes was fine but that's the one where it really needed to to pull it off and i just think it definitely was for me it was i just thought why aren't why isn't why isn't the lights on why aren't we zooming out and and why aren't i seeing because i thought the way you sort of spin in the hammer, you think oh there's going to be some great stuff going on with the hammer but it just doesn't quite just doesn't quite bring you the present in the end i suppose doesn't quite
1: nail it yeah can I just ask are you due a, a, a new eyesight test at some point <laughs> it's extremely rude <laughs> <laughs> how dare you I mean I, I just a genuine question do you, know what, do you know
2: what most do you know what is most annoying about that Gav? yes all
4: right
2: I, I've heard
3: a lot about the action and you know and it, and it is an action film so I, I I get that it's you know it's key one of the things which stands out particularly with something like die hard as opposed to you know maybe christmas chronicles stop mentioning
1: christmas chronicles but <laughs> <laughs> like you're really really pushing this is in the same fucking as die hard and it's not <laughs> uh but, you know it's it's,
3: it's but it, it's the dialogue you know and the characters and people that you know we've talked about the humor and is the humor you know is it slapstick humor is it more of a home alone humor that people are getting hurt in comical ways, which it sounds like happens in this, but is it, or is it clever? You know, is there some, are there some of the funny quips like Joel mentioned that you you get from, from Die Hard? You know, is there something to love about uh, Father Christmas in this, in the same way that we like um, uh, John McClane?
0: Yeah, I would say he's, he's definitely likable. You know, even though he's, when you first meet him, he's kind of surly and kind of done with Christmas at this point. He's wondering if he, if he wants to retire from the Santa game. Um, but he's a likable guy. You know, David Harbour is a likable guy. And it, I think he, the way he plays him, Santa's clearly got a good heart. Grumpy and surly, he may be, but he's a good guy. You know, he's got a good heart. And yes, he's a very likable protagonist. The humor, it is the same sort of quips. Um, you know, as same as in Die Hard, they're, they're not the wittiest one-liners, but they they make you smile and they make you laugh. You know, um, John Leguizamo's code name is Mr. Scrooge. You know, all of his guys have got code names for the radios and stuff. You know, like there's Tinsel and things like that. He's Mr. Scrooge. Um, and so he comes on on screen as like, Bar humbug, motherfucker. And it's just, like, it's not, it's not a clever line, but it raises a smile like, and you know, it's like time for some season's beatings. And it's, it's, these are good quips. They're fun and they will, they will make you laugh and they will make you smile. It's not necessarily witty per se, but it's good. It's a good script and it gets the level right because in terms of the action, there is some slapstick to it as well. You know, like Gav said, there's a Home Alone tribute in there but it's a home alone tribute in so you know whenever people watch home alone they say god if this actually happened you know these people would be seriously hurt you know those, those robbers would have been seriously injured you basically see the home alone bit and they're seriously hurt by it you know there's the nail on the ladder bit and he and he saws through the little girl saws through one of the the rungs on the ladder and then there's a nail further up it and the guy sees the nail and he's like you're gonna have to try harder than that avoids it but then steps on the one where it's cut falls and the nail goes right through his jaw and out through his mouth. And he's, he doesn't kill him. He's just there like screaming with that. And it's like, yeah, Jesus, you're laughing. But it is one of those winces at the same time. Like Kat was sat next to me and she just went, oh, oh, no. <laughs> it is one of those, it's it's funny But you are wincing because it is it is violent now, you know, clues in the name. And, you know, the poster is Santa smoking a candy cane covered in blood. You know, you you know what you're going to get here. So, yeah, there is that element of slapstick to the action sometimes, as well as it being. And I agree with Gab, well choreographed and quite, quite, uh, quite fun to watch at some points. I did like the uh, the barn. The, the large barn.
4: Medium
2: <laughs> <laughs> to large. Yeah, and um,
0: reasonably well lit.
2: <laughs> Poorly, come on, no. I'm not giving you that. I'm not giving you that. Poorly lit.
0: <laughs> but in terms of the script and the plot and things, like I say, the reason why Santa's got the hammer, and I alluded to this before, there's a bit more to his character. I know we'll go into the, the cast and performances, but if I just tell you the background of Santa, which isn't something we necessarily need we know who he is, you know, we know who Santa is, <laughs> but it gives you a little bit of background. And I like that it gave you a kind of a background we haven't seen to him before. The original like idea of Santa that we had, the original mythos, starts with uh, the Yulmus tradition which started with norse mythology and odin would come around and things like that's where we get that's why santa's got the long white beard because that's odin had a long white beard so it's all kind of part of the the law of santa and it goes back to the basics of yulmus and the norse mythology and santa in this as we're seeing through kind of flashback but him recounting his story to trudy because she asks he's been doing this for 1100 years he was a viking traveler a raider if you will a warrior And as he puts it himself, if there was a naughty list back then, I'd have been top dog. He was he was a brutal, violent man. You know, one of the one of the worst Raiders there was and how he became Santa isn't gone into. He doesn't want to talk about that. He doesn't talk about how it happened. I don't think he even knows, because when people talk about the magic of Christmas, like, how the hell did you do that? And he's like, I don't know. It's like (laughs) people when when one of the bad guys steals his, his bag, you know, Santa's bag of presents. And just like it seems like it's empty. Then he puts his hand in and pulls out like a book or something. It's like what the hell is this? He's like, I don't know how it works. Christmas magic, I guess. You put your hand in, you get a present. And that leads <laughs> to another comedy bit later down the line where he's like, video game, video game, video game. As a terrorist is coming down, he's like, didn't anyone ask for like a baseball bat or, or a Molotov cocktail? this <laughs> <shit?"> <laughs> <laughs> it, it, So he's got that kind of side to it. But the fact that we're going to get more from Santa's origin, I think, if it gets a sequel, if it does get greenlit, depends how popular it is, depends how well it does at the box office. There is room to flesh this out but right now we know enough and what we know is actually quite fascinating and it is a different take on the santa story the santa legend something fresh that we haven't seen before Mm -hmm. uh so in terms of script and plot i do think it's uh it's it's brought something different to the table and like i say looking at the poster and what you're expecting it wasn't that i wasn't expecting a decent plot point and a well padded out background
3: joel well padded out background funny quips you know it's kind of building on what you said earlier
5: um <laughs> i mean I, I can see where dave's coming from but i just think it was an excuse in order to make santa good at killing people you know they used his norse background like his viking, viking heritage and all that type of thing as an excuse you know just to say this is how he's good at killing people because otherwise the film wouldn't make sense so although dave sees it as like an interesting plot point i just see it as like something lazy that they just threw in to say you know this ticks yeah, yeah. a box and now he's able to kill people properly um yeah like i mentioned the humor before i just thought it was more slapstick you know we keep comparing it to die hard die hard is like a little bit more witty maybe a little bit cleverer and that type of thing it's not laugh out loud as i said but this is definitely like a little bit more slapstick and um again i've just come back to the point where it felt like they were trying to do a little bit too much it's either funny or it's action or there's sentimentality i just felt a little bit weird going into watch what is in my opinion massively over violent christmas film like i don't mind like violence you know at the best of the times but i feel like this was too much you know dave mentioned that scene with the nail as i say there's there's decapitation there's uh like people getting maimed and all sorts of that stuff all over the place and it just a little bit weird as a Christmas film. I feel like if this, if they took the Christmas out of it and it was just like called, I don't know, like Monday Night, then I'd have been, <laughs> I'd have been behind it like a, a little bit more. <laughs>
0: It'd be a bit weird having Santa there though, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, um,
5: so yeah, like the characters as well, I, I know we haven't said much about them. Um, some of the characters I just did not get behind at all. I think Alex, Hesel, Hassel, God, like... He is so unlikable like i just wanted if i was santa i would have him first because he, he just <laughs> he's just yeah I, I feel like he's just got one of those faces that you just want to punch um you know john luigiamo like i i haven't been able to get past the fact that he's luigi like since he made mario brothers <laughs> <laughs> that's all i see when i look at him and i feel like you know his, his career never, never really recovered from that he makes a good like little gangster, I suppose, but he makes a good slapstick little gangster. like you can't take him seriously in the role because he's just he's not very threatening. It's like if you've ever seen that film with um, Jennifer Aniston where she's like a, a running drugs and uh, l- like the main gangster in that is played by Andy from the office Ed, Ed Helms and he's that's what I would compare John Luigiamo to he's just not a very hard man. He's he's played Luigi and it shows <laughs> yeah. in this film. So I think yeah, like
3: does does he have uh, does he have a Bronx accent?
5: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean it's so thick, isn't it? You can't really get away from it. I feel like if they said you know turn that down a bit, it it wouldn't work for him. Like he's he stuck with. He oh, is that just that a, is
3: that just his <laughs> normal accent? So I thought the the Luigi was I thought that less, yeah, was, like, uh, it, it, it thought that was him putting on an accent. <laughs> okay.
5: Um. So it, so, yeah, overall, I would say too messy. Like, I keep coming back to the same thing. It's just too messy. I feel like they should have just concentrated on getting one aspect of it. Good. If they just concentrated on the action, maybe like making the characters a bit more believable and lovable, I'd have been behind it. But there's just like, yeah, it, it, it's just too much all over the place for me.
3: Uh, Gav, your hand came up pretty early on after G- Joel said that it was uh, too violent, even for Joel. A man who's uh, seen some of the most violent films ever created. This was this crossed the line. Yeah and your uh, yeah. hands shot straight up.
1: I mean, the it's called Violent Nights, you know, the film that Joel wants is maybe. But it's got battery on the night. cover of it. yeah exactly like joel the way you're talking about it is that you went to go and watch like miracle on 34th street and instead of like a bunch of letters getting dumped on the table it was like a bunch of grenades you know it's it should not be called violent night
5: then should it should be called like massively violent night or something
4: like that a little
1: too (laughs) i think they they were getting like bogged down a little bit you know like it, it it was like all the marketing The poster for it, as Dave said, it all alluded to Santa violently beating up and murdering terrorists, you know, so at no point are we under any illusion that that's not going to happen. And that's what we get. You know, maybe it was a little graphic in part, but I I expected it. I I think the way that they've delivered that as well is quite inventive and quite entertaining as well. And I think if you know that's what you're going to get, you're going to enjoy that. And I just wanted to say as well, John Leguizamo, his storied career boiled down to fucking Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Apologies if John Leguizamo ever listens to this. He knows. He's done. he knows.
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, while we're while we're on the, the, the we're touching on uh, John Leguizamo, and we, you know we've talked about him, we've talked about David Harbour. Joel touched on a couple of other actors there that were uh, are in. How how does I assume that the bulk of the film is based around David Harbour and Father Christmas, and we're looking at him as the actor? Um, Alex, what about the others? Ooh,
2: I, I wish it were a bit more focused on that. That's where I, that's where I, you know come back to my first point. That's where I feel like the film gets a little bit bogged down and lost. I, I feel like it's going for a little bit too much on the supporting characters. You need the the family you need the money to you know to sort of drive the plot forward but you've got these fairly interesting characters you know you've got the uh you've got the family you've got the sister who's you know just a bit daft and trying to always you know curry favor with the mother you've got her boyfriend who's sort of a, a stupid actor and and it all sounds quite good and when she introduced to me like oh that's an interesting that's an interesting that's an interesting there's not really time it's quite a short film and there's not really time in the film to to sort of you know, tie up some of these stories. The mum's quite an interesting character. You know, she's this sort of, she's like a, a female Trump, essentially. You never really get to see her. She mainly spends most of the film in just one room and you never really see her exercising this sort of parental authority that you hear so much about. So, you know, I, I would just say that it's weird that the film introduces you to these people and then doesn't really tie it off, doesn't really do a lot with it. And and I just thought, I just think if it had been focused a bit more on Santa and his sort of coming round to, you know, feeling like Christmas, then I think it would have been a bit of a neater film. But I, I, as it is, there's a little bit too much sort of fluff, a little bit too much um, extra things that distract from, from what could have been quite an interesting story. Okay, well,
3: Dave, hi. Uh too 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 much uh taken on but no, nobody really given the chance to to be fleshed out so I can appreciate them what was your thought on that
0: uh, i I disagree i think we see the right amount of everybody in this film particularly David harbor this is his film he is your leading man in this and and he's superb you know you get the right amount of sympathy for santa the right amount of of, of liking the guy the right amount of like, of, hoping he gets to turn it around and fall in love with Christmas all over again but also at the same time, you, towards the end of the film, you start feeling that security like you get with John McClane, like this guy can handle himself, Santa's got this, Santa's got it, Can't, Santa can take care of this now and he, he's a great action hero, I never thought I'd say that about Santa before but he is a great action hero uh, one who's up there in, in many ways, just like John McClane, you know it's the same sort of thing, you know, a guy who's Kind of a fish out of water. Yeah, he can handle himself, like you know, with the the Norse background and what have you. But he wasn't expecting to need to handle himself on this particular night in this particular setting, and he is like a fish out of water in that way. And um yeah, I just thought David Harbour plays it brilliantly—the right amount of funny, the right amount of heart. It's a superb performance from him. I love John Leguizamo in this. He is yeah, okay, he's a little guy, you know, and he played Luigi, sure. But he's menacing when he wants to be. He can be quite intimidating. He's a very good actor for one thing. But, you know, you've seen him play Benny Blanco from the Bronx and Carlito's Way. You've seen him play the bad guy in Spawn before. He's played villains. He knows how to do it. He's a versatile actor. And he can be quite menacing when he puts his mind to it. And in this film, he can be. But at the same time, being able to throw out a good one-liner every now and again. Alex Hassel, you're meant to hate him. When you meet the whole family at the start, basically you like Trudy, who's the little girl who's like the little the the ray of hope in this family, you know, the one redeeming feature they have. Oh, her mom's lovely as well, you know. Her her estranged mom, who's um basically left uh, Jason and the Trudy wants them to get back together. She's gone to the family retreat, you know, for Jason, for her daughter. She's nice. But the the light stones themselves, Jason is is not a nice guy. He's his his redemption is Trudy. You like him because you like her, and he is—he does seem like a decent dad, you know, for all of his f- flaws, and his flaws just seem to build as the film goes on. He—he he has his redemption at the end. You come around to the character; it's a bit of a roller coaster, but he's—he's he's a good guy, and there is redemption to him there. The rest of the Lightstones, Gertrude is awful. She's vile. She's truly vile. That's the matriarch, the mother. She's—she's she's horrible, but. Again, she's another one you start coming around to. Her. I think when you first meet them, you're like, oh, I hope terrorists kill some hostages at some point because <laughs> they are a horrible family. But as the film goes on, you start that the one-liners come in. They all have the funny moments. You know, a uh, bit of a spoiler here, but when they, the bad guys do break into the vault, the money's gone. And John Leguizamo loses his shit. And he's like, right, one of you guys must have moved it. Who's Who's got my money? I'm going to start shooting people at random. And uh, the jason's nephew who's uh, basically a tiktoker that's essentially his personality but that gets quite funny actually he's like wait 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 what what is what if you randomly shot the one person who knows where it is fuck <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's moments like that these one-liners from the family that just that make you laugh and you start warming to them they are a horrible family but you do start to like them and they have their redemption it is a christmas film at the end of the day and you know after um the nephew and, and his mom and a couple of them dispatch one of the terrorists, you know, they've beaten him to death with fire pokers. They're like, Oh, it's just it's just nice to do something as a family for once, you know. It's like you get these one-liners, you get this feeling of like, oh, you know what, I'm warming to them, and to have that revelation with the family, you know, introduce them as vile people that have lost the spirit of Christmas and then kind of have it, you know, forced upon them by these terrorists, but they learn to appreciate each other as a family, they learn to come together. That is kind of Christmassy in its, in its way. You know, you might not think of it that way, but it is. And the terrorists themselves are great fun. You know, much as the guys in Die Hard, they've all got their own personalities. And like, you remember Bruce Willis making a list on his arm of all the, the guys he needs to bump off so he remembers them all. And you've got the same thing with the call signs. You've got Tinsel. You've got Krampus. You, you yourself are making that list of like, right, like Santa's going to have to deal with him. Then he's going to have to deal with her. And he's going to have to deal with him. Personalities to the bad guys as well, and I, you know, it's a good film when you've got personalities in the henchmen. They're not just a moving target. The guys who have themselves some funny lines every now and again. When they get hurt, you feel it. You're like, ah, oh, ah, that's got, that's got to be bad. That's a sign of a good action film. Fleshed out background characters, fleshed out henchmen. I, I can't speak highly enough of the cast in this.
3: Okay, well, that's, I mean, that's a lot to 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 really, you know, ponder over. Is there any closing arguments? uh gaff you
1: can go double double defense we'll go straight up to Gav. okay so uh you'll be silly not to put this on the nice list as violent night is a christmas gift that keeps on giving it's a real snowball that you will <laughs> that will have you laughing all the way ha 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 and for the season's beatings they will absolutely slay you but wait there's more. <laughs> the, the fantastic cast has real chemistry, fair sure. But it's oh David God. Harbour's. You stop. You're,
2: you're, Please stop. You're slowly Please. losing wait, points.
1: Wait, wait. I'm, I'm close to. <laughs>
2: Aussie, Aussie, you know what to do. You can't reward this.
1: well. It's, it's David Harbour's Rebel Without a Clause. That will really leave you feeling Santa mental. Oh, oh
0: God. God. Oh, oh God. Lord. I'm on your side, Gavin. <laughs> um,
3: anyone else?
5: I, I can talk a yeah. language you'll understand, Aussie. Imagine <laughs> Santa just taking a shit down your chimney. Oh, I missed you, I missed you <laughs> Joel. You, you just, you just <laughs> dropped off to sleep. And when it lands on the floor, it makes a big thud, which just echoes around the house and wakes you up. <laughs> violently and that's the violent night <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay a violent shit or a, or a well thought out meticulous poem that's full of terrible puns uh, I've got plenty to think about cheers guys thanks for all of the arguments and I uh, don't know who, whose quiz is it today uh, that'll, that'll not be, be mine because I definitely haven't done one no
0: it's not you <laughs> that, would, that would be me um, I was writing this today, uh, a little while ago and I got about halfway through it I was doing a quiz on home invasions and then it dawned on me about halfway through as I'd repeated some questions. I've done this quiz for Home Sweet Home Alone yeah. this time last year. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was saying to Kat, it's like, have I have I done this? She's like, yes. And you wrote that exact same question. <laughs> so in the end, I had to go back and redo it. I have done a quiz uh, on Killer Santa's.
3: Ooh, okay. which i hope okay. is, i
0: call it i call it slashing through the snow. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh eight questions, uh buzz in if you think you know the answer. Some are multiple choice, some are not. Uh so question number 1, Silent Night Deadly Night tells the story of Billy Chapman traumatized by the murder of his parents by a man dressed as Santa. His trauma coerces him to also embark on a killing spree while dressed as Santa himself in this 1984 slasher. How many sequels has it had?
1: Oh uh, there's definitely yeah. a part two. Gav knows, yeah, because yeah. he's seen them. I, um, <laughs> I know there's a remake. I'm gonna say I'm, gonna say I'm one not including.
0: Sequel. I'm not including the remake.
1: Uh, I'm gonna say one sequel because it's the only one I've seen. Although, actually, no, I think there's another one. Let's say two sequels.
0: Okay. Anyone else? I'm gonna go big. Six. I'm gonna say three.
5: I'm, I'm gonna go five.
0: Um, there's four, so I'm going to give both Austin and Joel a point for being one either side. But there are four, would you believe? <laughs> um, Silent Night, Deadly Night films. uh oh, no. I wasn't counting the remake. But question number two: In 2012's Silent Night, which is a very loose remake of the <laughs> film just mentioned, <laughs> British actor Malcolm McDowell is curiously cast as what? Is he a an alcoholic mall Santa wrongly accused of murder? Is he B a small town Wisconsin sheriff? Or is he C, the local drug dealer? Bam. Gav. Uh,
1: being the only person that's probably seen this film, I'll <laughs> tell you right now, is the sheriff.
0: Yeah, Sheriff <laughs> Malcolm McDowell it's quite right <laughs> which i thought was weird the other two were uh exonerated murder suspects in the film but yeah uh i just yeah i, I can't get over that one well, malcolm McDowell playing a small town sheriff
1: but well, he was around the same time that he was in the remake of halloween where he's playing a you know dr loomis So um, i can
0: see him as a psychiatrist i don't see him as a sheriff <laughs> 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 question number three uh buzz in guys i think uh, most of you all know this one in santa's sleigh there. Which actor who we lost in twenty twenty two plays the uncredited role of Darren Mason, one of Santa's first victims? Bam! Gav.
1: It's the late great James Kahn.
0: It is the late great James Kahn. Much missed. That's his finest moment, I think we'll all agree. Uh, possibly his most, <laughs> James
2: most- career, James Kahn's career. Oh most my god, iconic. I can't believe you're, you're <laughs> so
0: handy. <laughs> yeah of course I've got all I my Christmas say, there it is I got all my we Christmas DVD horror films
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah James Kahn's finest death scene I think I, I can't think of another one without a toll <laughs> booth in it anyway <laughs> <laughs> question number four 1989's Twasys Un Sank. Code Père Noel, otherwise known as Deadly Games, I should have just gone with that one in the US. <laughs> depicts a child utilising his home's high-tech security system and homemade booby traps against a home-invading killer dressed as Santa Claus. Director Renny Manzor threatened to sue the makers of which film for play It's, it's oh, got they, to be Home. It's got to be Home Alone. It's got to be Home Alone, and it is. Don't overthink it. It is Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, he genuinely mulled over uh, a legal suit on, on what well, one would, wouldn't you? yeah yeah I, 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 I suppose i haven't seen it myself but apparently there are yeah it is there are a few moments which maybe maybe have been lifted from that film it's, uh, it's a it's quite big in france i gather question number five <laughs> to all a good night depicted another santa Clara killer this time stalking students on campus or should i say Krampus <laughs> no, it, it, is. <laughs> it is campus while critically panned in a box office flop this film holds what distinction is it A, the first slasher film released in the 80s? Is it B, the first film the single-handedly tank its studio? Is it C, the first time the real Santa turned out to be the killer? E. Ooh,
5: I'm going to go with A.
0: C? Yeah, C as well. That is a point for Alex. That's all it is. It just happens to be the first <laughs> slasher film of the 1980s. <laughs> what a decade it would turn out to be for Slasher. <laughs> <laughs> Question number six. Sint. Uh, it's a 2010 Dutch horror comedy wherein the ghost of St. Nicholas returns from the grave to kill whenever St. Nicholas's Day falls on a full moon. On which day in December does the Netherlands celebrate the Sinterklaas Day, which is St. Nicholas's Day? It? Bzz, oh. Is it the 12th? Not the 12th. 12th de- I'm going to go no, for... I think I know this. A Monday. 12th, 10th of December? Not the 10th. 13th? Not the 13th just that's shout out nine, you'll get there in the end just just 20, go through eight, 20, 23rd, seventh, six, sixth, fifth, there's fourth. a point that alex has <laughs> <laughs> well done alex yeah saint nicholas of december and that's uh most presents are exchanged on Sinterklaas eve which oh. is december 5th in the netherlands they still celebrate christmas day apparently but the emphasis is on spending time with family rather than gift giving mm-hmm. so if you didn't know the netherlands kind of has two christmas days isn't that nice
2: and one of them shit. Of them shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Question number seven. 2015's All Through the House might have had lukewarm reviews from critics, but IMDb reviews were kinder. Which of the following is not the title, I repeat, not the title, of an IMDb review? <laughs> is it A, Santa Had an Axe to Grind? B, Best Christmas Movie Ever? Or C, So Many Severed Penises?
2: <laughs> that's hard Dave um, all of them can be right
3: I think that this is a classic Dave and
5: all of them are IMDB review re- re- titles
2: yeah, trick question yeah, uh, yeah.
5: I'm going to go for B I know C is right because I wrote that review myself but...
0: <laughs> that is a point to Joel no one called it the best Christmas movie ever but the other two were legitimate <laughs> review titles awesome. uh, I don't want to put any pressure on you guys but you're all on two points Ooh. And this is and this is the final question, so, uh, nice. so it's all to play for, if if anyone actually cares. But question number eight in 1972's *Tales from the Crypt* Ooh. it opens, yeah, it opens with the story of a woman played by Joan Collins oh, who murders me. her husband on Christmas Eve, but is then besieged inside her home by a maniac dressed as Santa Claus. What is this subsection of the film called? Is it A, you better watch out? Is it B, and all through the house? Or is it C? Not today, Santa. Not today. Bam. Mm.
1: (laughs) I I think it is B.
0: You think it's all through the house?
1: Yeah. I hope it's C. It's not today, Santa. (laughs) Not
0: today. (laughs) (laughs) B as well.
3: I'm going to say A just so that I've got an opportunity to win without the others. Yeah.
0: It is B, and all through the house. Oh, well done. Which, you know, I much preferred my You Better Watch Out and Not Today Santa, Not (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, yeah, that is a point there, Gavin and Joel, which means, Gavin, Joel, you share victory this week. You know your killer Santas.
1: Joel, you can come round to mine, and we'll both watch Santa slay together. A film <laughs> Joel is your punishment your a, f- a film that is described as makes bad Santa look like a kitten four stars by Gordo can you just
2: hold up the back again it says I had a damn good time watching it who wrote that, who wrote I had a damn <laughs> good Phil time Phil
1: Goldberg I think <laughs> Dread, com. so not one reviewer wanted to actually put their name to it <laughs> it's
3: worrying isn't it when that's the greatest review that they could find to stick on the back as well <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, guys, thank you for some great arguments. It was a lot to think about. However, I felt just trying to base it on, you know, a lot of the actual words were were clearly on one side or the other. But I felt that there was a whole host of um body language in action here <laughs> when we were when we were discussing this, and and I think that all four people are in the same camp on this and i and i'm feeling like this is a hit no messing around i think that this is the next the next diehard this is this is
2: the next christmas chronicles i think this will i think it'll be at least two of these films
3: and it will be yeah this is this almost certainly what christmas chronicles wanted to
5: be (laughs) I wish it was because belchnical deserved to die
3: <laughs> <laughs> um yes yeah, so this is a, i think this is an out and out here like although the arguments were great on both sides um it was the fun christmas film is,
1: is the impression i got well uh, thank you very much for that austin uh, real opinions then dave
0: i absolutely loved it <laughs> I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I would happily watch it again. I I loved everything about it. I thought the cast were great. I thought the script was funny, and I stand by what I said about that. That final kill of the film, it ju- I was just there, like I was smiling, but I was shocked. I, if you'd said, okay, Santa, right, he's got magical powers. How is he going to dispatch the final bad guy, the big bad? It's got to be good. It's got to be spectacular. Lock me in a room for six months. I never would have come up with that. Yeah, <laughs> never. And I don't want to spoil it for Ozzy, but I never would have thought of that yeah, in a million yeah. years. And it was brilliant, just brilliant. People have clearly put some passion into this film, clearly given it more thought than you'd think maybe it deserves. But that thought's paid off. Mm-hmm. Well-rounded characters, great script, great action. I really hope this gets a sequel.
1: Yeah, I, I must admit, I felt the exact same it was a real audience participation film for me. Like the whole audience was like laughing and gasping. And I it was like watching a film in America. Yeah, and, same, and really, same as. Yeah. It really added to the experience. The only person who wasn't reacting was Siobhan, who was probably the only person I've spoken <laughs> to who's watched this so far who absolutely hated it uh, from the get-go because it starts off the very first scene is in Bristol and from the very get-go she's like, they don't sound like they're from Bristol. Where, where are they from? You know, oh, oh, why is there a skyscraper? They don't get any skyscraper it's just like, Oh, please, please, if you've got th- that many issues about this this scene being in Bristol, you can have a very hard <laughs> time was <laughs> like, the film when we're introduced to Santa killing terrorists. But yeah, I thought it was brilliant, um, and uh, yeah, I hope there's a sequel as well. Uh, real kind of interested now to hear what the other two yeah. thought. Joel,
5: um, I do think that they should have left the Christmas shit out of it, having like that sentiment message trying to run through it like if you're going to watch a film called violent night no one fucking gives a shit like if he comes like to a redemption arc about christmas at the end but i did enjoy it like it's just a fun film like it's a bit of a palate cleanser i think from all the kind of you know lovely that we've reviewed (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i did think it was probably more violent than i was expecting um but yeah like it it's definitely on the right list it's enjoyable
1: Thanks, Joel. And Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, I loved
2: it. I thought it was a really, really good film. I really enjoyed it. I I actually tricked my wife into going to see it, and she hates christmas films oh no not christmas she hates violent films she loves christmas films. so i was like (laughs) it's a christmas comedy come and watch it with me and she was like what's it called violent night and the penny just didn't drop with it at all (laughs) i don't know why she just didn't think about it it was only before in the cinema i was like oh shit! i might have like really you know i mean she's not gonna like this she hates (laughs) i know this is gonna be violent and she liked it as well like she enjoyed the film as well she actually really enjoyed it she was looking away but um, I was laughing along, people were laughing along in the cinema, that Home Alone bit where the nail goes through, I laughed out loud. And like, you know, when you look at other people in the cinema and they were laughing at the same time, I haven't had that in a really long time. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's not a perfect film, but, like, really, who cares? It's it's a really fun film. Mm-hmm. And so the rest of it, well, everything I was saying, I was annoying myself saying <laughs> yeah, it. It's, yeah, just yeah. A fun, <laughs> it's just a fun film. And, yeah, just, I would go and watch it. And I really do hope they do a sequel. Um, yeah, because it would be fun. I do wish, like, it was on Netflix
5: or something, though, to be honest. Like, I feel like it would have been better for me personally if I could have seen it on Netflix rather than have to go to the cinema. But
1: I think... Just that, from like, a purely laziness... <laughs> just from, from a purely laziness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A completely selfish point just, of view. Just for yeah. you as well, not for anybody else. would have been good. Universal would have streamed it directly to my house... Uh, okay, thanks, thanks for that, guys. Uh, so, Aussie, uh, you know, ho- hopefully, you've got a good one there to watch in the cinema. Um, Higher than our previous film on trial, which was Spirited, which scored seventy percent and eighty-three percent respectively, hmm. critical and audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes. They're never Are
2: really you? score.
5: Yeah. As yeah.
1: massive,
5: does it? Stuff
2: like this. Mm. No, I'm gonna go but- lower yeah probably lower because some people thought it was a christmas film but it
0: was. <laughs> i'm gonna you know i'm gonna hope higher in both judging by the audience in my cinema they absolutely love this so audience about- definitely higher maybe critical higher. L- yeah what about lower critical higher audience for me
1: yeah well uh yeah all good shots dave is the most bob on there though just slightly higher critical 72 percent a much <laughs> higher audience 88 uh, i really appreciated that so yeah really really good um and uh, th- th- that's it thank you very much for your arguments guys thank you to anybody who's listened to this episode we really do appreciate it if you want more films on trial content go to films which will hopefully be back up and running after a little error <laughs> but if you want to listen to more content check us out on any podcasting platform and uh, interact with us on all the social media at film trials on twitter and films on trial on everything else And well, as we come to an end in 2022, we start a new year with a brand new season. And the season is, guys, we haven't discussed this, so please let me know. And the season is...
2: Michael Wincott.
1: Michael Wincott season. <laughs> <Hells> <laughs> yes. Oh yes. uh, uh, Who who the hell is Michael Wincott? Who the hell cares? You guys find are going to be in for a treat as we embark on our Michael Wincott season. We had to wait until Joel <laughs> dialed off to announce this. Um, but we are going to start with one of the best Wincott films, which is The Crow. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that, guys. New Year new season uh, but before we go what have we learned today well we've learned that there are at least four types of onions and also <laughs> the violet night is a hit and we're going to be in your ears in the new year with our michael wincott season <laughs> review of the crow <laughs> goodbye everyone <laughs> happy holidays <laughs> okay well, uh, guys it's been an absolute Pleasure. I'm um, uh, doing this with you all. It year. We've covered some really good films. We've had some mm. really great laughs. And I'm looking forward to 2023 and continuing this. I am and... now. We're doing
0: Michael Wincott season.
2: To <laughs> <laughs> we'll let Joel know. We'll ma- let let him think it's a joke as well. <laughs> no, I, I know
0: exactly what Joel, Joel's response is going to be. It's going to be who the fuck is Michael Wincott? <laughs> 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 yeah. Panic there. Pan- panic.
1: I realised that we didn't have a new season, so I thought, fuck it. I'll pull the trigger on Winkott. <laughs>